Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. KMOX is at your service. Welcome to the St. Louis Composting Garden Hotline, sponsored by Allen's Tree Service. Now, here's your host, Mike Miller on KMOX. And Mike Miller is off on this Saturday, enjoying this beautiful day, I trust. And along with me, here to take your questions, is June Hudson, Master Gardener and Horticulturist, spent 40 years at the Missouri Botanical Gardens, and so she is here to answer your questions at 314-436-7900 and 1-800-925-1120. And June, I was wondering, it gets this warm out, and you think maybe the plants would like to go outside and... Enjoy the sunlight a little bit. Is is it a good idea when the temperatures are in the upper 50s and then up towards 70 to go ahead and take your plants outside again? No. <laughs> that was easy. All right, next question. Well, you know, the nights are still cool, number right. one. Yeah, you so definitely want to out, bring them in before. Yeah, yeah, I mean, if you've got a smallish plant that you can get in and out, I shouldn't have just said no. But you know what? You you just got them in, and they're trying to adjust to the mm-hmm. indoor cl- uh, conditions that sometimes, you know, it takes a little while for them to settle in to, to tolerate indoor lack of humidity, less light. I wouldn't tr- try to, you know, take them out for just a day. They're, I don't think it's going to be that good for them. I'd like just leave them adjust. You know, they won't know it's that nice out. So, yeah, yeah, don't tell them. No, it's, don't tell yeah, them. Yeah, don't tell them. And, <laughs> and so, yeah, you want to let them get used to being where they are yes. and then leave them there and not, not right. go back and forth. Right. What right. about watering? I guess, do you water less when they're inside? Oh, yeah. Well, mm-hmm. they're not, they're not transpiring that much. You know, they're, they're, they're hunkering down too. They do slow up in their mm-hmm. growth. Uh, and so, as they don't uh, grow, they don't use the water as readily. So, you know, you need to learn how to feel the soil, and if the soil is dry and you you know it shouldn't be, then you water. Mm-hmm. And But don't ever let the water accumulate in a saucer because they really don't like that. Okay. Yeah. And then it is, of course, Christmas season upon us and Christmas trees. I used to get, on occasion, my first wife and I, uh, we used to get live trees with the balls and mm, nice. put them in the living room and then put them out in the yard when the time came. Uh, is that a, a good way to go? It is. It is. You have to, like, you know, be aware, though, that it is a live plant and you're moving it indoors, I mean, uh, outdoors after having been indoors. You can't keep it indoors as long as you could keep a cut tree. Right. And this would be an ideal time to pre dig that hole that you're going to put it in because that's always the tricky part. When you need to plant the tree outside, the ground's hard as a rock. Right. Where, but if you pre dig it, you're ready to go, and you always try to make the the hole twice as big, twice as wide as the ball of the tree. Hmm. Not any deeper than the crown, which is right at the growing point that comes out of the ball. So you don't want it deeper because you don't want it to sink and it lay low into the soil. That would be really bad for most Christmas trees. What's a good time to leave it inside? Oh, boy. Like two weeks? Two weeks max. Really? Yeah, because yeah. it's that dry, hot... You know, right. house heat that they have never experienced. So, mm-hmm. 
yeah, you need to cut it short, which, you know, is not that easy to put those ornaments on and, you know, get them off in a short amount of time. Time That's sort of the down downside right. to it. But it, it's a beautiful idea to, you remember that tree oh, forever. Yeah. The one is growing yeah. right outside the back porch and it's gotten pretty good sized I'll right bet. now. Do you, do you like take it out in stages, maybe put it in the garage for a few days to let it get used to the cold again? Or can you just go ahead and... Well, they, it probably came from a northern location, mm-hmm. or even in Missouri, it's not it hasn't been that cold. But they're more or less used to the outside. You could stage it, but I don't think it really helps that much. Mm-hmm. You just need to get it in the ground, give it a good drink, so all those roots in that ball are getting moisture. And uh, you might have to water it a couple of times during the winter if we have a very dry winter. Right. So that's another thing to consider. That you know you need to have the. Uh, opportunity to water that ball mm-hmm. because that's all it's drawn on is that little bit until spring when it starts to you know branch out from that structure all right that's june hudson and she is taking your questions right now at 436-7900-1800-925-1120 as we're sitting in for mike today on the st louis composting garden hotline and let's go to, to loretta in st peter's loretta you are now on kmox hi can you hear me we certainly can Okay. Um, I did not trim my, my knockout roses. It's too late for that. And can I, um, last weekend I blew all the leaves out from under my bushes. Can I still get bags of compost and put it on the ground, or is it too late for that? Okay. Um, about the compost, no, you... You certainly can do that. It's This is actually the ideal week to mulch your gardens. They usually tell you to do it on Thanksgiving, and I get a big kick out of that because nobody's going to do that. But it's just a day to give you. So you're right in time to put compost underneath your bushes. And uh, okay. what, Yes, what was the first question? The oh, the roses. roses. Yes. Um, no, it's not too late to trim them. Um, what kind of roses are they? Do you know? I don't even know. They were given to me as a gift. Okay, it's prob- and, um, okay. They're probably they're uh, tea roses, I would guess, if they were a gift. So what you need uh-huh. to do is, after it gets a little bit colder, you need to put some compost on the base of that rose. Have you done that before? No, I have not. Okay, well, get some of that same compost you're going to get for your shrubs, and put it on the base of the roses. But wait till it gets a little bit colder towards the end of the year. Okay, real good. Thank you so much. Okay, you're welcome. All right, thank you to Loretta in St. Peter's. 436-7900-1800-925-1120, the numbers to call. And June will take your calls next on KMOX. Welcome back to the St. Louis Composting Garden Hotline. Once again, here's Mike Miller on KMOX. Sitting in for Mike today, I'm Brian Kelly along with June Hudson. She's a master gardener and horticulturist, and she'll be glad to take your questions at 436-7900-1800-925-1120 on this Small Business Saturday. Let's go to Gary. Gary is online. He has a question for June. Thanks for calling in. Hi, Brian and June. You guys sound good. Hi, Uh, thanks. I wanted to know, does the botanical garden ever sell any other uh, plants or trees or anything? What I'm looking for, and I know it doesn't grow naturally around here, is a bay leaf, because uh, my girlfriend uses that in soups and stews and stuff, but she can bring it in in the winter, right? Yes, yes. The bay leaf is from the Mediterranean region. 
uh, and um, not hardy in our area. So that's not going to work. But if you have good light, um, you can grow the bay leaf, and um, that will uh, suffice for culinary use, I'm sure. It's a gorgeous plant, by the way. It smells so good. So, yeah, uh, if you get it small, you have a better chance, although it's probably the only way you're going to be able to find it anyway. Yeah. Uh, does the botanical gardens have any of those that they get rid of or sell? Well, eventually? funny you should ask. So <laughs> <laughs> um, it's not the ones they have in their collections, of course, because those are our permanent plants. But every spring we have a giant, giant herb sale and they all they always have the bay leaf tree. They don't have that many of them, so um, you need to look into that. Go on the garden's website, mobot.org, and uh, check out when the herb sale is going to be. It's sometime in the uh, latter part of April, and um, then you can come down and buy one at that sale, along with a lot of other wonderful herbs. Yeah, doggone, I wanted it for a Christmas present. Oh, oh, I see. <laughs> well, you know what? It, it all may not be lost because it's such a beautiful plant. There are some nurseries that uh, nurseries that carry house plants, and if you can go to those, they may just have one in their house plant department. All right, thank you very much. Okay, good luck. Yeah, thanks. It's 314-436-7900, 1-800-925-1120. Get on with June and ask your questions. We talked about a little bit about what's going on at the Botanical Garden. Of course, they have their train display. Oh, gosh, is it which beautiful. Which is really, is it this year? Yes, t- this year, it, oh, it's always wonderful. It is, yes. But the first part of the good news is that now, uh, not like uh, unlike other years, your admission price includes the entrance to the train show. You don't need a ticket. There's no lines. You walk in. You don't have to wait, which is a great improvement over previous years. So having said that, this year it's all about Mexico. And they've got this like humongous fountain, like a plaza that is absolutely gorgeous in the middle. Mm -hmm. But then in the back of the hall is this beautiful, huge poinsettia tree. And it's a marvel just to see it growing but uh, it's absolutely stunning. But all the trains are, have a motif of Mexico and the, the shops that are in the, the little scenes around with all the trains. It's all about Mexico. It's just absolutely beautiful because that's the home of the poinsettia. That's where it was discovered. That sounds wonderful. And one yeah. thing, when you go to the Botanical Garden, the food they have there. Uh, absolutely. And don't they have tamales? Isn't there a tamale stand there? And it's really, really good. A tamale stand? I I've so. never I'm seen that sure before. I've been there and How had the tamales. How did I miss the yeah. tamale stand? I don't know. It's over by the Schlafly one. That's usually kind of where we wind up. Uh-huh. But yeah, it's and they have a lot of good food over there. When oh, you wow. go and go to the uh, the Garden Glow or anything else when they have the, the events. Wow, look for that. Yeah, good stuff. Uh, you mentioned poinsettias. What do we mm-hmm. need to know? A lot of people get them and give them, and we, you know, maybe at church, the leftovers after Christmas, we bring them home. Uh, right. What do we need to know about taking care of them? Well, the first thing that one should consider, and I see this all the time and I just cringe, is that when you buy them, especially at mostly at the grocery store, they walk out of the, the, the store with them in their cart with, normally it's not 69 or 59 degrees, right. but... Um, when it's cold, with no covering. I mean, that it's a tropical plant. And mm-hmm. when they get home, I suspect it's about a half an hour before those leaves start falling off on the floor. Wow. So then you have nothing for what you've bought. But having said that, when you take them home, you need to keep them in bright light and evenly moist 
as I just I said that a couple of times already, but don't let water stand in the saucer. Mm-hmm. You could put some pebbles, however, on in that saucer and raise the plant up. That gives it a little extra humidity, which they love. So bright okay. light, evenly moisture, and um, it'll bloom for a fairly long time. It's not really the flowers, the pretty color part. They're called uh, bracts. So the flowers are yellow and they're little and they're in the middle. Mm-hmm. But it keeps them holding on to those beautiful colored bracts for a longer time if you treat it right. But it likes warm temperatures. Um, maybe it's just about house heat, but not any heat blowing on it. That's what it really hates. So mm. away from any vent. Uh, what about like on the side of the fireplace? Not in front of it, but kind of on the side of it. Is that too much heat? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, any heat it would get from an, a, a source other than just general house heat away from a vent or whatever would be too much. And again, you don't yeah. let it setting in the saucer no, of water, but no, you I'll, can put, like you said, pebbles underneath to raise it. Right. So there's moisture under it, but not like in it, not, exactly. not getting in the pot. Exactly right. Okay. Right. And there's some gorgeous colors out there now. Yeah. Yeah, and, and the orange ones, I just love. They're so atypical, mm-hmm. but that's it's a beautiful orange. So they're really breeding some beautiful colors, not only in the bracts, but in the actual leaves of the plant. They're, you know, speckled and variegated and just beautiful cultivars. Do they sell those type of plants at the botanical mm-hmm. garden this time of year? Yeah, in the, in the gift shop. In the gift shop. Yeah, right. Okay, right. good to know. And yeah. a lot of people get those and give oh, those around yes. Christmas, so you wonder how to... Yes. But, but bundle them up like they're your little baby when you oh, go out yeah. in the cold. that's for sure. Yeah, take care of them. Yeah. 436-7900, 1-800-925-1120. That's June Hudson. I'm Brian Kelly. We're at your service on the St. Louis Composting Garden Hotline on KMOX. Welcome back to the St. Louis Composting Garden Hotline with Mike Miller, sponsored by Allen's Tree Service on KMOX. If you know any Chiefs fans, you might want to call them today and be nice to them. They're they're going through a tough stretch. You know how those Chiefs fans are, man. Ruin their whole their whole week after they lose. I know. I've been there. The Blues lose. I'm in a bad mood too. So you know, be nice to the Chiefs fans. Be nice to us Blues fans. The Blues will get them back tonight when they play the uh, Minnesota Wild. I almost said North Stars. Oh, the good old days. All right, let's talk gardening, shall we? All right, we'll do that. June Hudson is the master gardener and horticulturist who is here this morning taking your calls, including one from Carbon or Carmen rather, and Carmen is in Cottleville. How are you this morning? Hello, Carmen. Yes. How I'm are fine. you? Fine, thank you. Good. Okay, I got a question. I have hydrangeas. I got a lot of I got some in the front yard, some in the back. They've gotten to be real large, which is fine. Uh, They're probably five years old, six years old. This year, I hardly had any flowers on them. I don't know what is the proper time to cut them back. I guess I did something wrong. (laughs) Can you advise me? Sure, I'm happy to do that. Um, Now, let me ask you a question. Have you pruned them uh, in the last year? Yes, I have. Okay, well, you you know, uh, hydrangeas, probably the, since you're describing the size of them, I'd say that because of their age, you probably have some of the older varieties. Having said that, they're just wonderful. However, they bloom on old wood. So if you cut them much past the time that they bloomed, you probably cut off the buds for the next year. So if that's what happened, that's why you didn't have any flowers. However, this particular year was a very bad year for hydrangeas. 
And the reason for that is, is because we had uh, last year, at the beginning of the year, we had a nice warm spell like we're having now. And the hydrangeas said, well, I guess it's time we better start pumping our uh, juice into our flower buds. And that's what they did. And then when you know, of course, as nature would have it, uh, consequently, it got very cold. And when that happened, there was so much sap in the, the hydrangea blooms already, they froze. And hardly anyone had hydrangeas. So you're in a big club uh, for this year. So we have to hope that doesn't happen um, this warm spell is still fairly early in the season, so I'm hoping that that won't be an issue. But it's not only for hydrangeas how cold it gets, it's when it gets cold. And if that juice has been pumping and they're, they're, they're uh, vulnerable, they could freeze and then not bloom the uh, following year. So let's hope for the best. Do not, though, do not now cut them back because that would certainly eliminate any possible bloom that you would have for this coming year. So, uh, ma'am, you want me to just leave them alone? Then? Leave them alone. That's easy to do, isn't it? <laughs> just leave them alone. Let's see what happens weather-wise. That's what we have to be worried about. Okay. Well, I appreciate that. Thank okay. You Thank you. That's my kind of gardening. Uh, <laughs> so should we be hoping for some cold weather here pretty yes. soon? Yes. Yeah. So things stay dormant. That back and forth, you know, is really hard on plant material because they just know it's warm and they start to grow. And mm -hmm. then it gets, of course, cold. I mean, it can be freezing cold into the end of March. So we got a long way to go. Yeah, we long sure do. Long way to go. Let's go to Mary. She is in Crestwood, and now she is on KMOX. Hi, Mary. Hi. Uh, I am looking to buy a small bonsai plant for a child, well, a young adult to practice on. I know Anza, uh, Honors used to have them, but um, I don't exactly want to go online. I didn't know if there's any nurseries. I know the garden has them. Right. Yeah, the garden does have a wonderful selection. Are you looking for a plant that's already started as a bonsai, so you want to give it with a bonsai form to it? Is that is that what I you want to so, do? For otherwise, he would know how. Or sure. I think he would know how to start if it was not bonsai already. Sure. Some of the local nurseries, you know, any nursery that has a houseplant section usually has a selection of bonsai plants. So there's several in the St. Louis area. I think um, if you if you look in the uh, online, you can probably find uh, a, a link for that, and they'll tell you that they have houseplants. And yeah, once they... Pardon me? I just want to go online because I can't see them, you know. Oh, sure. No, you wouldn't buy them online. It'll just tell you if they had houseplants. Okay. So any any good nursery that has a houseplant department um, should have bonsai plants for sure. I didn't know if there was a bonsai club. Well, there is, but they don't sell plants. Okay, they might give me some direction. Though. Oh, yeah. there's a And there is a bonsai society right here in St. Louis, and they do have a website. Thank you so much. Thank oh, you you're more welcome. Good luck. Bye-bye. <laughs> Bye. Thank you for the call, Mary, in Crestwood. You can be next at 436-7900 or 1-800-925-1120 with June Hudson, our master gardener and horticulturist, as we sit in for Mike Miller, who hopefully is somewhere warm. He could be in his backyard and be nice and warm. <laughs> uh, 48 degrees right now, heading for a high of 59. Again, it's going to be 61 tomorrow, 69 on Monday, 69 on Tuesday, but it's at 36 that... Uh, 
keeps the plants inside for sure. Yes, for sure. What about bulb planting? Is this the time of year to do any of that? Well, yeah. I mean, normally we'd say it was on the later side. However, having said that, certain bulbs still you can plant up to the time that the ground is frozen. Most time, most of the time, that would be tulips. Mm-hmm. And they're about the, the, the bulb that you can plant the latest and still have it uh, bloom that following spring. But now you, you should, can, now, because of the weather the way it is, there are other bulbs you can still plant now? Yes, there's smaller bulbs. The small, uh, they call them minor bulbs. Or Narcissus are a little more tricky. They should have been in October so the roots can get established under the ground. Mm-hmm. The good news is still the nurseries are carrying a good supply of fall uh, bulbs, fall-planted bulbs. And so you can avail yourself maybe of sales on those. But you want to you want to get them in the ground soon. I mean, we're on borrowed time, that's for sure. Yeah. The, the difference is, of course, not only do they need that time period to bloom, they also you don't want to have to use dynamite to get the hole in the ground. <laughs> <laughs> that's for <laughs> sure. Because it's going to freeze hopefully soon. But um, right now, go for it. Yeah, because right now the ground as you know deep as you need to go is going to be soft and warm. Exactly. Because right. we haven't had it. Now we've had a lot of drought. It's been really mm-hmm. dry. Mm-hmm. But otherwise, with the the warmth, we've been in uh, in pretty doggone good shape. You know, one thing you might you might uh, it would be good to know is after you plant your bulbs, because you're going to work up this ground, and you're telling every squirrel in the neighborhood that that worked up ground indicates they forgot a bu- uh, acorn that they put underneath the ground, oh. and then they start digging. Uh-huh. So if after you plant the bulbs. If you just with your hands or a light footprint tap the ground down so it doesn't alert every squirrel that there is around in your neighborhood to come and uh, dig something up. And you can uh, avert a tragedy with your bulbs. That's interesting. So, yeah. you got to hide it from the you squirrels. you got to hide them. They're those, smart. Those boogers, man, they get into everything. <laughs> man, oh, man. Next up we have on our program, we're going to welcome Evelyn into the conversation. Hi, Evelyn. How are you? I'm fine. Um, I have two questions. I have a couple of moonbeam coreopsis that have been, they've bloomed their head off for like the last 10 years, and this year they hardly did anything. Um, We do have yard people, and they mulched pretty good. Uh, I also wonder, do those grow up from seed, or do they grow up from the established plant, or how is that? And also, my second question, I planted some tulips in some 12-inch pots, and I have them in the garage. Can I just leave them there over the winter and then bring them and maybe water them sometime a few times and then bring them out in the spring? Will they do anything? Uh, okay. Um, the, the coreopsis, the moonbeam, moonbeam coreopsis are very vulnerable to winter wetness or wetness on their root system. And if they got too much mulch on their head, it may have contributed to the weakening of the plant itself. So um, I would say if, if you still have some of it, make sure that that doesn't happen for this winter and keep that crown of that plant unmulched because it doesn't really like to be covered. And um, it, to answer your other question about it, it does come back from the actual plant that you have. It's not, it's not really a seed uh, development. It's a, a development of a structure itself that's underground, the root system. So I would say that as long as you keep that mulch off of there in the spring, 
give it some fertilizer, and I think you'll be rewarded with a, a healthier plant at that time. Should I take some of the mulch off now? Yeah, take some. Take take it off the top of the plant. It, you can give it a hug with the mulch, as we say, but not on the crown. The crown itself is where it's coming out of the ground, and that really doesn't like to be mulched. Okay. Okay. As about the tulips, that's a good way to grow tulips. It's called forcing. And the fact that you have them in the garage is a good thing because if they were outside in a pot, the pot would probably uh, not protect them from the bulbs getting frozen. However, in the garage is a great place. And what you need to do is it takes about 13 weeks for the plant to develop in that kind of a situation. So you want to just watch it. And when you see the, the bulbs poking out or the, the stems poking out of the soil in the pot, then you gradually bring it into more light. And after a while, you're not going to be able to stop it from blooming. They'll, they will bloom earlier than the ones you've planted in the ground because they've never gotten that complete cold. So as they grow, then you have to keep the soil moist and give them very good light, and they will bloom in that pot. But you got to watch them and take them into light as soon as you see those stems are, uh, stems come up from the ground. So. so I- do I water it in the meantime? Yeah, uh, water it at first and then check it. You, they don't need a whole lot of water, but yes, the soil is the only place they have moisture to initiate root development for those bulbs. So you have to keep the soil somewhat moist for roots to be able to take up that moisture into the bulb. So yes, you will have to water it, but you got to learn how to put your finger in there and if you feel moisture, then you don't have to do it right then, but watch it. Okay, um, I really wanted to bring them outside in the springtime. Well, it, you can do that, but it, they'll, they're going to want to come up earlier. I do believe that's that's the way they do when you force them. Um, you could try that and see if you can prolong them. And um, But once they start growing in the pot, you're going to have to foster that growth or it's, it's just not going to be able to work. So good luck. I hope that works for you. They're so pretty when you get to... It's it's nice to have them forced so you can see them uh, blooming earlier. It's kind of a, a a hint of spring. Yeah. Okay. Well, thank you. You're welcome. All right. Thank you, Evelyn, for the call into KMOX at 436-7900-1800-925-1120. Robert from Wildwood has dialed one of those numbers, and he's with us now. Robert? Hey, thanks very much. A uh, question is uh, about an indoor hibiscus plant that I've had for about 15 years. I know that Mike Miller said they typically don't last that long, but I've had pretty good luck and taken good care of it. So this year it, it flowered profusely, and one of the pods that came out for the flower actually didn't flower. It had seeds in it. Wow. Um, Fabulous. Yeah. Pretty unusual, I thought, because I'd never seen it in all these years. So, uh, try to germinate the seeds, when to do it, how to do it. I've had them sitting on the shelf for about six weeks now. Okay. Well, it is a, it is a, uh, you're telling me it's a tropical hibiscus, correct? Yes. You bring it in in the wintertime? I've never put it out. I've always kept it in a okay. window, well oh. watered. and Wow. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm shocked by it. <laughs> no, you're doing something right. If you've had it that long, it must be doing a good job. Well, having said that, then, uh, yes, um, it's a tropical plant, so you can take those seeds and let them dry, and then uh, take a good drainage medium or a, a propagation mix you can buy at all good garden centers, and um, uh, 
You might have to just put them barely under the soil and keep them moist and um, see if you can get them to grow. You won't know till you try. I can't say for, for, uh, for sure whether they got uh, pollinated, being that it's an indoor plant. So if, oh, gotcha. yeah, if they didn't, if nothing pollinated it, that seed might be empty. But you can kind of feel it. If it feels hard, chances are it was self-pollinating, and you might have a good chance of getting a baby plant. I'd certainly give it a try. Okay. Now, is there a chance that maybe a, a bee, a wasp, a fly, uh, something might have landed in it, on it, whatever? And Sure. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah, I mean, right. you know, things do get in the house. And if you had a beautiful flower, they would go right to it. So it, that's very possible. Well, it um, uh, lost my train of thought there. No, the seeds, the seeds are hard. Are they? Okay. All right. Well, you, it's looking good. So why don't you try to germinate them and see what you get? You know, just... Uh, then, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, I'm, I, uh, when would I... They, the seeds have already dried out. Are so they green or are they brown? They're, they're brown. They're brown. Okay, then go ahead and sow them. Okay. Yeah, give it a try. <laughs> okay. All right, good luck. Thanks very much. Okay. All right. Thank you, Robert, for calling in to the St. Louis Composting Garden Hotline. I'm Brian Kelly. That is June Hudson. We'll take more of your calls in just a moment. It is now 945 in Mid-America. This is the St. Louis Composting Garden Hotline with your host, Mike Miller on KMOX. At 9.52, I'm Brian Kelly, and for Mike today, really in for Mike today, is June Hudson. She is Master Gardener and Horticulturist, spent 40 years at the Botanical Garden. She'll take your questions for another seven minutes, and we have a lot of people in line, so if you could make it pretty quick, we'll answer your question, though, for you, including Jeanette in South St. Louis. Jeanette, how are you? I'm fine. Your question for June. June, I have a beautiful Bradford pear tree in my backyard but I think it has fire blight. And my question is, is it safe for me to compost the healthy-looking leaves, just put those in my compost pile, or should I dispose of those leaves in another way? Um, dispose of them in another way. You can't really be sure on that question, but I would certainly not take a chance. And they do get fire blight, and uh, they're becoming an invasive species in Missouri, too. But that's another subject, So, but I would not put those leaves in your compost pile. Thank you very much. You're welcome. All right, thank you, Jeanette, for the call. Now we go to St. Louis, and Ray is on KMOX. Hi, Ray. Good morning. Uh, I, I guess mine is kind of an elementary question on lawn care, but it's about cutting the grass. Uh, this time of the year, what's advisable for, as far as the health of the lawn? Uh, it, it, I mean, it could stand a cutting at this time, but I didn't know if it's just best just to leave it. Uh, uh, till the spring? Well, normally, uh, you know, you leave it a little longer in the fall, so if just a little longer is what you'd say your lawn looks like, I'd just leave it alone. Okay. Thank you. Okay, you're welcome. And the good news is you don't have to rake those leaves up, as she told us earlier. <laughs> just mulch them up and let them be there. And, oh, that's good news for me. Liz in South City, you are on with June. Good morning. Hello. Hi. Hi. Um, I just have a quick question. I bought a bunch of mums. Uh, I know it's too late for them this year, but when is the best time to plant them? I like to leave some on my porch a little bit, but when's the best time to plant them so that they will come back? 
Okay, you do it quick. We're in a warm period, so you've got a little window of opportunity there. So make a nice hole and plant them and water them in. And don't, whatever you do, don't cut them back. Just leave them alone and see if you'll, they come back in the spring. they got to set out roots, and whether there's time enough to do that is negotiable. But give it a go in this warm period. You might be lucky, but you need to do it right away. Okay, thank you. You're welcome. All right, there's another to-do list taken care of for today. Robert has a couple of questions for us on KMOX. Hello, Robert. Hello, Judy, I'd like uh, to know, I have a yard that uh, the grass is beautiful and green, and then I have huge patches of weeds that I'd like to take care of this fall. Uh, I'm wanting to know if I could spray like the 65 on the weeds, but they're huge patches of weeds in my yard. And then the other question is, is I have some hybrid roses that I haven't cut back yet. Is it too late for them to cut back? And if so, how far? Okay, about the weeds, um, you know, because it's so warm in the day, the the um, you want to you want to deal with those weeds, but it's pro- you know the nights are still cold, and that's what's not going to be so good for that uh, weed killer. So you can try it, but um, it's really probably better to wait now and do it in the springtime. They'll go dormant, and then you can get to them in the spring. Okay. okay. Uh, about the roses, it's not too late to cut them back. You can cut them back to about maybe two feet or more, depending on how... Are they tea roses, do you know? I don't know. Okay, okay. Well, generally speaking, you just cut them back to maybe two and a half feet, and that should be enough for them to uh, maintain dormancy. Okay, great. Thank you very much. You're more than welcome. And now to Mascuda, Illinois, where Mary Jo has Christmas Cactus Envy. Hi, Mary Jo. Hi, um, I have this um, large Christmas crack- cactus that my daughter gave me two years ago, and when she gave it to me, it was, had a lot of blooms on it, but last year it didn't bloom at all, and this year her cactus already has some buds on it, and <laughs> mine doesn't have anything, and I was wondering if I should use some liquid fertilizer or what? Well, actually, the Christmas cactus likes to run a little dry before it sets buds. So if yours remained uh, moist for a longer period of time than hers did, that might have uh, caused it not to set any buds. But eventually, they should set buds anyway, but don't overwater it now. And don't, uh, you know, just leave it. uh, You can tell if the leaves look kind of shrivelly. That's when it needs water. But until it shows that uh, symptom then it needs to go on the dry side, and I'll bet you get some blooms only later. Well, does she she uh, takes hers out uh, outdoors uh-huh. over the summer months, and is that a good idea? Oh, yeah. Do? They love it. Is. They love it. Uh-huh. Yeah. And I only water mine every, every other week, so okay. uh, that's not too often, is it? Well, it's not, but I can't see the soil to know if that's too often or not. If it's heavier soil, it might be too often, but... You can let it go pretty dry. You know, it is a cactus. Uh-huh. So it's better to let it go dry in the fall because that will initiate bud, uh, buds for the flowers. Okay. 
Okay. All right. Thank you, June. Okay. You're welcome. So do you tell that on a cactus, too, by sticking your finger in the soil and if there's any moisture? But with a yeah. cactus, you can let it go a while. Yeah, you can, really. And Christmas cactus doesn't look like a cactus. That's kind of the tricky part. Uh-huh. So it's better to let it on the dry side. And when you see the the leaves getting just a little bit shrivelly, you know, go, oh, my gosh, mm-hmm. they're shrivelly. Then you give it a good drink. And, again, don't let it set in water. Okay. But in between time, it likes to be on the dry side. All right. That's June Hudson. Again, she spent 40 years at the Missouri Botanical Gardens, and she is a master gardener and horticulturist. So, June, a day today, it's 59 degrees. It's sunny. It's calling you to go outside. It's saying, come on out, June. Yeah, I'm and going. And let's play. What are you going to be doing in your in your yard or the garden or wherever? You know, what I have to do, because it's warm, I, ha- I have a little pond, and it's mm. the leaves, the water lily oh, leaves yeah. are getting yucky, and the leaves are falling in. So I'm going to get in there and clean that out. That sounds like a great day. It's only good in warm weather, though, I'll tell you. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I've got a little, a very little pond that the birds enjoy bathing in. Yeah, they do. And it it gets filled with leaves this time. I go out there and scoop it out and make sure and clean the pump a little bit. And I just, the birds love it. Yeah, they do. They'll love it all winter, too. Yeah, they do. You have to keep a little open spot for them so they can drink. I try to do that. And oxygen, yeah. That's June Hudson. And thank you, June, for being here today. It's been fascinating listening to you give out your, your advice over the last couple of hours, filling in for Mike Miller. It's been a pleasure. Thank you. And coming up, the Mutual Fun Show with Adam Bold at 10 o'clock. At 11 o'clock, Scott Mosby is going to be in with the Mosby Building Arts Home Improvement Show. Rick Edelman at 1, the business of family business on this small business Saturday at 3 o'clock, dollars and cents at 4, and then at 6, sports leading up to blues hockey. Have a great day. It's 10 o'clock. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.